Yeah. The, the question is, somebody is listening to this and they feel like, yo, I wish I loved the Prophet Sallallahu in the so way that he's described. How can? How can I? No. What would you advise you? Okay. It, firstly, that desire to love him more, that's a good sign. What is the, 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 the difference between Mawlud and Mawlid? Mm. Could we maybe go mm. into that? Do you have any? No, absolutely. Uh, it takes you by surprise sometimes. Uh, Mullah was mentioning, you know, the issue of standing, which comes at the end. And I don't mean to actually bring that uh, to the front now, but it just popped into my mind. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه كولي سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا عما آمين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين Respected viewers, listeners, brothers and sisters in Islam, and my respected guest in the studio, Sheikh Ismail. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's good to be here with you, Ustaz Irshad. Ahlan wa sahlan, Sheikh. And uh, say assalamu alaikum to all the potential viewers out there as well. Barakallah <laughs> fikum. Sheikh, I, am, I was super excited all day long today. I was uh, I did a 10 kilometer earlier on Masha throughout the, the run. I was thinking... I was actually playing the the uh, the riwayat in my earphones, Mashallah. and um, I was saying, you know, this is this is what Rabiul Awal has always been yes, about, Allah. you know, celebrating our love for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It's not needed, you know, must be in Rabiul Awal, but it's a time for us to give a little bit of focus to uh, the love of Rasulullah sallallahu and it's also yes. a sort of a celebration month around the world. It's a cultural thing, and of course. It is a month synonymous with the Mawlid. And this program is not about the controversies around it. There's enough of that on Facebook. Go, go to those platforms if you, wish to, uh, if you wish to see all the ikhtilaf among the awam. And if you wish to, to gain some knowledge about it, then go to the ulama. And the ulama will be able to give you uh, some perspective, historical perspective and developmental perspective. Tonight, Sheikh, we are here to discuss the Mawlid al-Barzanji. Inshallah. So over to you, Bismillah. Uh, Allah Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. The um, Mawlid of Al-Imam Al-Barzanji, um, known or familiarly known in Cape Town as Diriwayat, no. is a unique um, rhymed collection of content that uh, details information regarding the Prophet ﷺ from prior to his birth, including his lineage, and then taking us through his life no. from his birth to his passing from this worldly realm. Um, like Manana Ustaz Yashad said that um, uh, it's uh, we here to discuss or to address the Mawlid in particular, and uh, or not necessarily the Mawlid as a as a celebration, but looking at uh, this particular text that is uh, traditionally recited 
in gatherings during this month. No. And um, we we have our link of tradition to Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. like in the Indonesian no. uh, islands, archipelago, and then we have Malaysia, etc. And they have their link to Yemen, mm. the Southern Arabian Peninsula. So we are connected to Yemen as well. But this particular text is not only known in these circles or these areas or these regions of mm. the world. Mm. Um, they are known all over. We have um, Libyan scholars whom uh, we are connected with and in touch with. And if you were to go on YouTube, you would see it being read in Libya. No. And the, the sheikh that I was fortunate to, to meet, uh, Sheikh Ahmed Al-Qata'ani, Al-Marhum, he passed away a few years ago. He is the one who um, uh, was here, I think, in around 12, uh, 2011. No. And uh, he actually had ijaza and a sanad to Al-Imam Al-Barzanji oh, wow. in, for the text. So we managed to read parts of it to him and he gave... Alhamdulillah. So Libya. Um, and then in Egypt. And that's the surprise for many. If you were to go on YouTube and we can make the link available, inshallah. The famous, famously known Quran reciter, Sheikh Mahmoud Khalil, Mahmoud Khalil Al Husari, hmm. was known to be the first Egyptian to record the entire Quran on the then reels and then cassettes and CDs. Sheikh Abdul Basit Al Marhum and Sheikh Minshawi and Mustafa Ismail, and they all recorded their khatm of the Quran after Al Husri. Husri was the first. But if you were to go on YouTube with this link we're going to make available, you'll hear Sheikh Al Husri also having recorded the riwayat, the riwayats. Barzanji. Obviously, not with the Kaps Al Lagu, but with the Ayya Lagu. Subhanallah. So, um, the idea, I think, is to just gain a better understanding of what this is about. No. And um, uh, alhamdulillah, during lockdown, one of the benefits that came out of lockdown is that I managed to put some PowerPoint presentation together and under the Sheikh Abadi Institute, we had a few of these clips online. No. We, we essentially went through it, explaining, etc. Mm. Uh, highlighting also um, two or three points that may be for those who, for those who, are looking at translation and for those who may come across opposition mm. to the reading of the text because of these one, two issues. points, issues that Imam al-Barzanji mentions in the text as if factual. Mm. Um, so, so, so people may oppose the entire text because of these one, two issues, which no. is also wrong. Mm. But for those who wanted to gain some insight, and I myself wanted to gain some insight as to how this, this learner's scholar, which we're going to speak about now, inshallah, added these points or facts to his text. And scholars all over the world are accepting it and reading it without issue. So, mm. so I have a bit of understanding and I wanted to understand it. Uh, and I have a bit of, or I had a bit of understanding of what was being said by the Arabic, but I wanted to understand the background. Mm. And when I came across some references and sources, I was excited to share it with our Mashallah. community. So the, the project under the Sheikh Abadi Institute was essentially about growth. Mashallah. We, yes, we are reading, and the consequence of this reading 
is because we, we're applying salawat, etc. And we hear his name, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The consequence is hopefully that we, we fortify and support and strengthen and increase our love for Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Um, and, and how can we, inshallah, um, enrich this experience of the rendition? Uh, the idea was through this project, the idea was that we are able to, inshallah, enrich our experience through the rendition by by gaining a, a level of understanding of what the of what the, the actual text was 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 conveying so it was from 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 reading to realization or reading to understanding mashallah very beautiful sheikh uh, the first thing that came to my mind is ajeeb how, how busy sheikh was during lockdown alhamdulillah mashallah uh, I almost want to say, you know, it, we wouldn't, it wouldn't be bad if we had another one because Sheikh has been, <laughs> Sheikh has been really productive, mashallah. Ahlan wa sahlan bikum. The other, other point is, it, it reminds me a lot of my own personal journey and transformation in that I came from a traditional background, a traditional family with this, riwayat, hadat, etc. It's just part of life. There's no, there's no why, there's, you know, what does this mean? It's, it, it's just, that's what, what's done on a Sunday night and, you know, on a, on a Thursday night, etc. So you grow up with these, with these sounds and you see, you grow up seeing people's love and passion around it. And then one day you start studying and when you start studying, especially when you start and you gain a little bit of knowledge and then you get, uh, you, <laughs> you get to this point where you start thinking about now, what is this and what is that and why are we doing this and why are we doing that? And, uh, for some people, it becomes, you know, a very serious battle that they fight for the rest of their lives. For themselves, no, firstly. No. no. And then for others, uh, they just overlook it and, you know, ah, man, you know, that's what the text says, but you know, because we need to appease the people. And then what I found for myself personally was an initial aversion to these traditional cultural things because they didn't seem significant to me being so busy with, with books and uh, what are the ahkam and you know what features in the Quran what features in the sunnah but then you develop more and more and you come to understand that there are different dimensions of our Islam that yes there's ahkam and ahkam will remain ahkam and then there are rules and regulations pertaining to that no. then there's our aqidah and there's no it's buts or maybes when it comes to that no. and uh, you know like that we also have uh, these cultural practices and traditional practices that don't claim to be, you know, taking the place of our ahkam or yes. our akida. But they add, uh, they add beauty. Most certainly. You know, they add, they add feeling, they add love. Most certainly. And sometimes, often, often they bring about the type of love that people desire that they don't find, you know, that they personally don't find in, in other aspects of yes. their deen. And you, you're triggering something. No. Sorry to cut you there, Sometimes the, 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 these activities that evoke more love mm. draw us closer to the ahkam. Exactly. Make us want to latch onto the ahkam even more. Exactly. And the ahkam or our involvement with the ahkam could initially simply have been um, cold ritual. No. Empty ritual, but now it's filled with emotion. And love as an emotion is it's part of our iman. Mm. I mean, when Rasulullah spoke about uh, none of you have iman until Subhanallah. you love for your brother what you love yourself. And until I am more beloved to you than the parent and the child and the rest of humanity. Love. Ajib. Not just a claim, but a, 
or not not even simply an action mm. or a phrase, mm. but a feeling. Subhanallah. And then, you know, Sheikh, initially it was, okay, now you're sitting in the khatat and you're listening and the only thing you're hearing are the mistakes, are the mispronunciations. Oh, as a scholar? Yes, yes, yes. No, I'm not. So initially, initially. And you don't want to feel like that, but you also, you can't divorce yourself from the knowledge that you gain. Yes, yes, true. And and you, you sort of struggle to, to gain. So there's one of two choices that you can do at this point in time. You've already established, look, these things are not a problem in our deen, according to traditional Muslim scholars for like 1400 years. So we know that, that there's, there's scope for this. There's differences of opinion, yes, but as far as the madhahib and as far as the traditional scholars are concerned, uh, there's a place for cultural celebration. Like, I was listening again to a clip by Mawlana Taha, rahimahullah, and he was saying that, uh, according to his study, and when he says that, in a, you know, um, he hasn't seen a single Shafi'i scholar in the history of the Shafi'i Madhab having a problem with Mawlid. Like, in, a, in and of itself. But it could potentially become problematic with the practices that people introduce therein. And that's understood. Yeah. Now, our people... Uh, when I say our people, I mean here, yeah, Cape Town, South Africa, you know, Muslims. It, it was always a very innocent type of gathering. You'd, you'd barely find uh, these practices of the problematic. So then you have one of two choices now. Either as a scholar, you could divorce yourself from these practices and these traditions. And, you know, I'm aloof from that. Or you could, you could participate and you could try to bring about uh, those things that are perhaps missing, could perhaps be improved a little bit and so exactly. on. Exactly. And this is why I just love what Sheikh does with, with the community and with uh, at the at the Awal Masjid. And I saw this in um, I saw this on YouTube, I think, the, the riwayat. And I thought, you know, this is awesome. This is really good, because you sit in those gatherings, you stand in those gatherings, you see, putas, and aunties shedding tears out of out of pure love for Rasulullah Don't have a clue about what they're saying but they know the word Muhammad and they know Habibullah and the that just lets you you, you know you put your guard down and you say you know what in a moment such as this can I really look at whether it is Buduru uh, or Buduri is that really is that really the maqsad here no. in a moment such as this I'm really going to be thinking about look here but that narration there's no authentic narration that mentions that so you, you start reconciling these things. And for me, the most important thing was always no compromise on, on, the, on the basics of deen, on our aqidah and on our ahkam. There's no compromise. And if we need to change something because it doesn't go according to the aqidah or ahkam, bismillah. Yeah. But don't let people lose the connection that they have with these things that kept deen alive for generations in their family. And, and, and our existence here as a Muslim community in Cape Town is, I think, the greatest testimony to that, to the effects of that mahabba. Most certainly. So, uh, Sheikh Barakallahu Fikum, um, let us start with who is Imam al-Barzanji? No. So, Imam al-Barzanji, uh, his name was Ja'far bin Hassan bin Abdul Karim, and he was a Husseini. Husseini, meaning he was a descendant of Hussein bin Ali, Rajallahu Anhuma, the son of Fatima, Rajallahu Anha, the daughter of Rasulullah. 
And uh, he was essentially a Madani, having been born in Medina, and was of the Shafi Madhab. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was born in the 12th Hijri. We are in the 15th Hijri. This is just over 300 years ago, 1128 mm. Hijri. Mm. We're currently in 1444. And we look at the Christian era, it's 1716. And we're currently in 2022. So he was recognized as a scholar mm. uh, in the various Islamic fields, and he was also known for his oratory. Right. Okay. Um, he, he lectured in the Haram of Medina uh, from the age of 31. He was allowed that by the scholars of the Ajim. time in the Haram of Medina. And he lectured in essentially in, in, in the beginning of his uh, public uh, um, exposure as a scholar. He lectured in fiqh um, pertaining to, to rulings in all four madhahib. Subhanallah. That's how proficient he was. And uh, he reached a point where scholars gave him the, the, the position of mufti, where he was able to issue legal rulings. And he, was, he therefore held the position of the mufti of the Shafi madhab in Al-Madin Al-Munawwar, mm. so, which was quite unique. So you were saying about being a scholar, no. right? And then uh, realizing um, the 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 requirement of of love beyond the 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 the, the academic scholarship. Uh, otherwise, again, the journey is one that is very cold. And even though there's lots of information, it may be empty. You you're searching, and the only thing that can fill that space that you that you that you uh, identify most certainly in your life. The only thing I can fill that is is love. So you're looking for activities that not only uh, reignite the love and preserve the love, but also increase the love mm. because there's always room for more love. Anyway, he attracted students from all over the world. He was proficient in many languages. They say he had a very hospitable manner about him. He had handsome features, a thin frame, but he had a strong voice and inspiring presence. Mm. So he passed away young, man, and he passed away in the year 1177 Hijri, which makes him 77 minus 28. In 78, he would have been 50. So 49 years old. Just to confirm that, if you can confirm. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Sheikh, yes, because I'm, as uh, we as we've seen, you know, the Shafi'i fuqaha, they tend to pass away young. And the first person to come to mind is Imam Nawawi. No, Imam yes, you know, Shafi'i and, uh, himself, died at the age of 54. 54, 54. 54 no. um, obviously, our own Imam Shafi'i here passed he away was, very young. Yeah, I think he was 54. Subhanallah. Yes, sir. No. Anyway, the actual name that he named this compilation is Iqdul Jawhar Fi Mawlidin Nabi Al Azhar. So the uh, Iqd uh, is, is uh, that which has been connected with, uh, with knots, uqad. So it's like a necklace. Mm. And al-jawhar is a gemstone or gems as a masdar. So the necklace of gems, the st stringing together of, of gems regarding the birth uh, of al-nabi al-azhar. What is the, 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 the difference between Mawlud and Mawlid? Mm. Could we maybe go mm. into that? Do you have any? No, absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, in Cape Town we often find these things. So somebody goes to study and then 
they come to discover, oh, there's a word we're using incorrectly. And people think, uh, you know, the ulama are trying to change things. Mm. So, you know, people are used to, the Jews funny Quran. <laughs> and then we come about and we say, Jews. And what is the, you know, sometimes it, it's amazing, but I've actually heard people have objections to these things. So by all means, uh, Mawlud and Mawlid. Yes. Um, and, and I'd like your input on this. I, I mean, we, 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 all the, we grew up, it was all about the Mawlud time no, and Mawlud no. Jama and no, everything. No. And, 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 and uh, I don't want to say of recent, but yes, since our, our, our exposure as well now, or reconnection with the Ba'alawi, Tariqa mm. and all, and we hear uh, of the um, students have gatherings and they will refer to the gatherings as the Mawlid gatherings, mm. etc. Mm. So now that word has um, become more um, popular. popular. So what is the difference essentially? So from my understanding, from basic sarf and, and grammar uh, verb f- or, or noun forms, Derived from the uh, from the uh, from the verbs etc. Maulud is obviously most on the scale of maful, and maulud is generally used in relation to the actual baby infant that was born. Mm. So when we say we are having a a a maulud program, mm. so we are having a program speaking about that actual infant that was born. So it's mm. more about his birth, mm. but it's about the actual infant mm. now, and maulid on the scale of maful is more a preposition of time mm. or place. Mm. So mawlid would essentially be, um, as, a, as a definition, a word which speaks of the time of, of birth mm. or the place or the event of his birth. No. So mawlud is the actual infant that is mentioned, which was unlike any other infant ever born. And mawlid, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and mawlid is is pertaining to what the uh, the actual time of birth or the event of birth mm. place mm. of birth mm. and, the, and the other option of course is a milad ah. milad so milad is, is also contemporaneously used more for people's birthdays as in the day itself right? naam, naam. Uh, so they say milad sa'id it's like yes, happy birthday yes, so yes. to speak so it's and the it's the event mm. or the occasion most no. likely no one knows best but so, so he named. But importantly, also, Sheikh, I have to to cut your words. So people don't have to become, you know, oh no, that's the wrong word and that's the right word. It, it's yeah. not a big deal, exactly. Because it's laniza afistilahat. You know, the, when we when we have a, a technical term, we could say that look, Cape Town refers to it as the Mawlud. Bismillah, go for no it. The only issue that you're going to come about. Uh, that you might find is that when you're trying to communicate with people who are not accustomed to your own tradition, your own custom, they may not quite understand what you're speaking about. Yeah. And in that case, you should be able to at least be aware of the fact that you're using an istilah, you know, a, a what you call a nomenclature or technical terms that are unique to you. But other than that, it's not an issue whatsoever. These are not matters of uh, of any hakam or consequence that you need True. to be worried about. Exactly. So the only reason why we uh, addressing it is because mm. it may have been, it may have crossed some people's minds, mm. but they never asked. Yes. Or they never had the opportunity to ask, or yeah. they, they were shy to ask. So, yeah. Alhamdulillah. And like you say, it does not really matter. Mm. And we, we're not saying that the one is incorrect and the, and the other is correct. Right. So both are fine. Um, but coming to names, so he named this text. Uh, in Cape Town, we refer to it as the Riwayat, the Riwayats. Riwayat. Obviously means narrations, mm. and essentially the book consists of twenty-two narrations, 
each of which addresses a different aspect of his life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 22. In Cape Town, the most famous are the first four. Mm. The first four, which essentially is the first one address is an introduction yes. to what he's uh, attempting to do. Uh, the second is um, uh, addressing his lineage. The third is addressing uh, some content that he, as a researcher, uh, failed to document uh, that he found noted as what, what, what occurred prior to the birth of Rasulullah. So the pre-birth events. So mm. to say. And then the fourth notes the actual birth of the Prophet, starting from the fact that his father had passed on prior to his birth, etc. And then the mm. actual birth. Mm. So these four. And with that sheikh that was here from Libya, we essentially recited of these first four. Mm. So down the line, there was some people who came to know that oh, via the series, they, I mentioned that whoever's interested to, to read this, for that chain that I was fortunate to get from that mm. man to the author, contact me. And some people contact and they, they, they sent audio clips or they read it out to me and then we gave them the ijaz, alhamdulillah. But um, on names again, Cape Town refers to it as the riwayat, no mm. problem because mm. it consists of riwayat, narrations. And then sometimes it's generally, like in the Arab world, instead of referring to it by its given name, they will say the Qasida of Al-Barzanji. No. And that's where it got known. Speak about Barzanji. Um, before I even, you grew up, as you said, uh, uh, Sheikh Yassad, in a, in, a, in a family and community that was, that was, that was familiar with this. No. Right? I did not grow up in, in, in such a community. Right. Um, but when I came to, uh, when I got to uh, Newcastle, uh, uniquely enough, <laughs> uh, there were students there from Mozambique. Right. And uh, one of uh, these students was uh, my father's friend because he was our senior. At the time, he was in his 30s, Sheikh Qasim Muhammad. He passed away about a year or two ago, Allah uh, 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 A brilliant man. And loved Arabic and loved Deen and all and a, oh, a man of heart. Subhanallah. Um, and uh, I first heard about it by him. And they, he says they, they, they refer to it as the Barzanji. Ajeeb. And then I inquired. And in Egypt I heard, heard it even more. Ajeeb. And when I came back to, to, to... And I obviously had heard it in passing in Cape Town and knew of it. But it wasn't something that, that I was brought up, no. you know, no. um, to be engaged in or exposed to. So yeah, that, that I must I must mention this point. No, this is why it's so important for us to travel. No, and and for scholars no. even more so. Inshallah, true. Because when when we travel, wallahi, we, we become exposed to different cultures, different no. people. We see what the ulama are busy with. Yes, we see our tolerance changes. We understand true. that there's different ways and means of going about things. No. When you when one is restricted to your own, you know, little world. And this often happens in Cape Town. We become so confined to our little world no. that we we can't see beyond. So we think it's a tisakap sedang and daisakap sedang. But subhanAllah, the, the, the greatest scholars alive have traditional and cultural practices. True. They belong to tariqahs. No. They have the azkar programs. No. They Not all of them. No. Some are more, um, what do we call it now? Some are more... Uh, sort of dry, tassawuf, no loud liquor, things like that. But they too also have... Different paths. Mm. Right. Um, 
But at the end of the day, what you what one what one notices is that the overwhelming majority of Muslims in the world mm. they have some form of culture or the other, and for as long as cultural practice and traditional practices don't conflict yes. with what is Islam and Sharia at its no. core, then what's the what's the big deal? What's the issue? And uh, the last thing I want to say about the whole you know controversy and so on is simply this. This is an ikhtilaf, mawlid or no mawlid, bid'ah or not bid'ah, etc. This is an ikhtilaf. Oh, look, nobody says it's not bid'ah, by the way, in case people are of that opinion that no, no, it's not bid'ah. At the end of the day, these are, but, but, how scholars have a distinction between what is good and what is reprehensible and so on. However, uh, these are matters that have been disputed since its inception. It will probably disputed till Qiyamah. And your debate with your friend or your cousin or the people in your masjid is not going to resolve this this issue. Exactly. So there's, there's almost zero fa'ida, in, especially when non-scholars debate these matters. No. And then we lose focus because what what begins or what is intended to be a matter of mahabba, of love, no. ends up being a matter that becomes, you know, uh, not too good. True. And then you're looking for alternatives if you take it away. Yes, you can engage in other types of activities, but it may not produce the same result. Mm. So you mentioned Awal Masjid, my, my position there or in, engagement there with the community. I had to make decisions mm. regarding the activities that I would not only engage in, but be expected to lead. Right. And that's why, like you mentioned earlier, when you start studying, you're sitting with two choices. Either you just make a decision to, to step away, mm. Or you engage, but use the platform, pray for wisdom and use the platform for some type of growth. Mm. You know, so so that's why Mashallah. I then try to understand and open up and not cut away because I saw, like you said, you see how people have benefited mm. from these experiences, not taking them away from deen, but mm. bringing them closer to deen mm. or, or more than anything, keeping them on deen, especially uh, despite us being a Minority Muslim community. So, so speaking about culture, the idea of culture is important. We need actually to research culture from a religious perspective even more mm. and, 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 and share the information with our mm. community because there's a difference. Mm. And our deen allows cultural activities as long as it does not contrast with the fundamental requires of our, uh, no. requirements of our deen. So if we look back to the prophetic period and we note a hadith like in... Uh, uh, the Shama'il of uh, Imam Tirmidhi, mm. I think it's in there where uh, it's either Anas radiallahu anhu or other Sahabi speaks about the periods between Fajr and Ishraq mm. where Rasulullah would sit and with the companions mm. and when he was done with his adhkar, if they were engaging in discussion, he would mm. be listening. Mm. So uh, Anas or the Rawi, I'm under correction, would say that if they perhaps, he makes examples, if they perhaps spoke about some food mm. and he had something to say he would comment mm. and you know, yes there's a thing if they started um, uh, Yun Shidun which literally means if we were to say for want of better term reading Nasheed meaning mm. just reading of some poetry mm. because it was their culture mm. to uh, express or share or listen to poetry as a a uh, 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 an activity of um, leisure at times. Mm. 
It was part of their culture. Sit around the campfire. Yes. Listen to some poetry. And it was a means of enjoyment. It tickled their brains. No. Not only preserving the history via the poetry, but some of it was wisdom-filled. Mm. Some of it was about someone's past loves, etc. Mm. But the words, the beauty of the words, and that is this is the issue of the Arab culture, the beauty of words. We see we see its relevance from time to time in English, in, in, in poetry. But the way the Arabic wording and phrasing and word placement hits can hit a heart that understands yes, yes, it's not like any other language no and Allah knows best we don't know many other languages but we uh, Urdu also has its own impact mm. we would love to learn I spoke to my daughter the other day about learning Urdu anyway but Arabic so where are we? Rasulullah would allow that because it was part of their culture mm. they're not passing time backbiting mm. they're not passing time deceiving people mm. or, or anything negative it's part of their culture that 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 was rich. It was a form of artistry, mm. and that's why he even allowed. You speaking about poetic license and 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 the 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 poet's manner of of using metaphors in particular ways or or seeming seeming exaggerations in mm. but it, but it, it it's his attempt to express what he's feeling, mm. and his words sometimes restrict him. No, sometimes. No. But anyway. We can we can understand why Rasulullah was fine with Hassan bin Thabit radiallahu anhu saying that more beautiful than you my eye has not seen. Mm. Better than you no woman has given birth to. Huh? Uh, you have been created without any apparent defect or flaw. Mm. It's as if you were created as you wished. Subhanallah. Ya Subhanallah. That's now a man <laughs> with a gift using his gift to express his emotion and Rasulullah is accepting this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's taking this in. It's the language of love. And he's allowing the companions mm. to take it in as well. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. It's a language of love more than more than what French potentially is. Yes, absolutely. Subhanallah. <laughs> I mean, there are many incidences. For example, the famous one, Sahabi uh, looks at the Prophet's face oh, on the full moon night. Oh, Jabir, I think, yes. No. And he looks at, at the moon and yes, then he looks Allah. at Rasulullah and then he says, you know, verily, he was more beautiful than the moon. <laughs> um, you know, more resplendent than the moon. What, uh, what, what is he saying? Is he saying that there's, there's rays of light, literally rays of light? Wallahu a'lam. It could have been. Mm. But this is the language of love. Mm. This is the language of love. And, and I think uh, this is what comes across with these riwayat as well. No. I mean, it takes you by surprise sometimes. Mulla was mentioning, you know, the issue of standing, which comes at the end, and I don't mean to actually bring that uh, to the front now, but uh, it just popped into my mind. He says, he, he mentions Ibn Hajar, al-Haytami's view, saying that, look here, this is to say that you must stand at the birth, etc. It's a reprehensible innovation. So that's Ibn Hajar al-Haytami, and he's a great Shafi'i scholar. But other Shafi'i scholars uh, had a different view. Be that as it may, even though Maulana preferred Ibn Hajar's view, he would he would always comment that when you reach the end of the fourth riwaya, something is happening there, something is moving. You want to do something. You don't know what you want to do, but <laughs> it's like you know, Nuriyatalausana and Subhanallah. And this is what what I love about this. It it, it just moves people. No. They they come to it and and it moves them. Even even without understanding. Even without understanding. But with understanding, the build-up from the start. Yes, I know. 
the way he introduces this intention, oh, I've never heard anyone say, Kuwa is strong, but is yes, you cannot trans. In English is inadequate, they're insufficient, you inefficient. Can't. It's intranslatable. No, I can't. But, but, it's underst- but, it's, but it's powerful in, directly in the Arabic. And then you continue, and then it's nasab. And how he manages, you could have just given the names, but how he describes and fits in the beautiful ah. description here and there of this one and that one, and how he links it together and it flows. And the, the rhyme in this particular work is unique in, in that it alternates. And yeah. there's something about, the, something about the rhyme. Even though the alternating rhymes, the one is Ishadda preceded by a tamar buta or a ha, and the other is an alif, so there's an mm. extension mm. with a ha. Both of which results in the exhale. Now, the exhale in Arabs, we have to research this, and scholars can research this, from, from the word, that we, that we is a word which is used in the English meaning of someone that's yearning or mourning a loss or someone with feeling. And, and, and it, it, it is drawn from an act where a person has no words to express how he feels, but all that he or she does is this. Oh. Ya Rab. Ya Rab. So, awaha. Mm. So what he did, understanding this and knowing the meaning of ta'wee, and the Arabs, they are Egyptians sometimes in the ibtihala, the solar renditions. No, no. They can't anymore. They reach a point where they just say, ah, yeah, ah, ah, because he's feeling now. Allah, Allah, Allah. <laughs> and he's making ta'wee. So what he did in his rhyme, alternating has, the one with the shadda, it's a grip, he's holding back, like, awaliya. Yeah, and the other one is release. He says what? Waljiba Mawala. You with me? Wakuta. But he's feeling. She is bringing other dimension into this now that I've never I think I think we should start. I think so, we should start so it's, not the only, it's not only the vocabulary, it's yes, the placements too, and then this unique rhyme choice. No. Stands out. No. And it comes from Yes, he's a scholar. He could have thought it through, but mm. more than thinking through, it comes from a space of love, and he wants to use all that he has in his in his uh, resources to bring forward and express this love. Yeah. When I returned from, uh, I mentioned this recently by Mulam Rahman, Mufti Rahman, and them, because he was speaking about love. So I said, when I just returned from Egypt, and I was speaking with some some students about maqamat and melodies, mm. Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriel was there. Allah give you extended amen, life, amen, amen. Uh, So, so I remember he, he said that that was the Oma Shaykh, so Sheikh Abadi. Mm. The Sheikh Abadi was still alive, I think. Allah said they didn't know this, but but the Lagos was was chabais over the lifda. The chabacha made lifda sound. Allah, Allah, Allah. <laughs> and I won't forget. You become like you say as a scholar. You become. You think you are advancing with the technicalities and all, but ah. it holds you back. Ah. Ah. And you're not really living to your full potential until you open your heart up to love. SubhanAllah. Sheikh, I, I think this is, that's our cue. Uh, we, 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 commence, <laughs> we commence. I think we should like, go to the first riwayah. Allah. And uh, perhaps recite it in, in full and then go to the uh, explanation thereafter. We don't have to Allah. go into a detailed... No. In fact, what I'll do is on the screen... As Sheikh recites it, we'll have karaoke. Allah. <laughs> I understand it now. <laughs> karaoke. So we'll have the, the words and we'll have the translation. Bismillah ta'ala.
لقد جاءكم, جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما أنتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما And then uh, there's another introductory portion الجنة ونعيمها Yes, that is essentially it and it's part of the opening of the actual nathari, the actual prosia before he goes into the, no. the basmala. No. So uh, that section, al-jannat wa na'imuha, it sort of sets the tone. No. You know, it sets the tone, uh, the jannah and its its blessings. You know, that's the first image that, that comes into your mind. So, you know, no. and, and often the maulid celebrations have always been very colorful and uh-huh. have always been, I've always been associated with flowers and greenery and beautiful fragrances and beautiful fragrances as well mm-hmm. and this is what uh, what sets the introduction of this particular uh, riwayah and then of course abtadi wal imla she want to look at the at an overview or perhaps highlight any particular segments of this before we move on from there um it says if um He refers to the, the, the opening as an imla, which we know in general uh, context is a, is a dictation. Mm. So why would he refer to this that is to follow as a dictation? It's as if um, a poet, the poet that he was as well, it's as if his heart is dictating to him. Mm. So he's starting this dictation. And he's starting it in the name of Allah, uh, drawing blessings, etc. So the love is there, but in an attempt to express his love, he's, he's turning to Allah for assistance and guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he refers to Rasulullah Sallallahu as the, the, the nur, which is described with precedence and uh, preference. Mm. And uh, I've got the, uh, in case she wants to no. have a look at it over there. No. Let's just do Beautiful. that. <laughs> Beautiful. So there we have the opening line, his dictation. Um, so I, I was thinking about why he would refer to it as mm. dictation because mm. he's writing it, but it's his heart and his emotion and his love that's dictating this to him. Yes, I know. And if you continue, he then uh, uh, continues with praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, O Thani, Naam. And look at that um, uh, imagery. Praise the water springs of which are palatable and pleasant. Yes, Allah. Now, yeah, a man in his, in his, uh, in a general state, common state of mind or emotion would not express himself in that manner. Yeah, <laughs> Rob. Beautiful. Okay, and it therefore cannot be com- compared or looked at. As a general academic work. No, no, no. No, no, it's, it's, it's a compilation of emotion and love. And, and then, of course, his first salawat. Wa usalli wa usallimu ala nur. An nur. Al mausufi bi taqaddumi wal awaliya. So, the issue of uh, Rasulullah Sallallahu being referred to as an nur. We know the, the famous hadith where Nabi Sallallahu is reported to have made a dua uh, that, oh Allah, place a nur in my uh, mm. sight and nur in my. Hearing and nur in my bones and nur in my flesh and mm, mm. Uh, and then at the end and make me nur mm. and grant me nur and make me nur and mm. sometimes so the muhaddithun explain that 
Allah was already, Allah had already illuminated his sight and illuminated his hearing, illuminated his heart and his mind, etc., etc. And his entire being. But him turning to Allah in expression of this plea was confirming what Allah had given him. Mm. So there's no doubt about the fact that Rasulullah was blessed with, with special nur. So he's referring to the messenger in this manner, which is also uh, a manner expressing his... Uh, is a reverence and love for Rasul Sallallahu mm. And then this nur, we, we, we read in the in the history books of the fact that Abdullah, the Prophet Sallallahu father, was approached by a woman. Her name was actually Qatila. Mm. And she was known to be the sister of Waraka bin Nawfal. He, she was a, he was approached by her before uh, he was betrothed to uh, Amina. And uh, she, she she expressed her willingness to marry him. Mm. and But he, he did not uh, oblige. And after Abdullah was married to Amina and after he had spent some time in Medina with Amina's family and returned to Makkah to, to, to settle some work, his paths crossed with Qatila. And he noted her looking at him and just turning her, her, her head as if not like, not like as if in, in, in a state of indifference. No. So he then went after and asked her, sorry, uh, allow me just to ask you a question. So she said, what is it? So he said, you were the same one offered yourself to me in marriage before and you do not know what has transpired over uh, since that time but now I see you indifferent towards me w what is different she said w with her interaction with her brother who was exposed to the scriptures mm. she knew of something that's something something that is filled with good that's to come and a prophet that's to come etc and she said, she told uh, him in the, this narration that uh, before when I offered myself to you, I had seen some light mm. on your forehead, some noor on you. And it linked to what my brother had told me all that time. And I, I identified it as the potential good that is to come. And I wanted to be part of that noor. Yeah, Rob. So what's different now? She said, I don't see the noor by you. No. So the scholars understand that that was after he had married. Amina, and that consummated the marriage. The nur had been passed transferred. on, transferred. So look at the next line. Al-Muntaqili, they're the bottom of that, no. that same. That nur, I send salawat and salam on that nur. That nur which what? Al-Muntaqili fil ghurar al-karimati wal jibah. That has been passed down in noble, illuminated features and foreheads. Ya Rab. Ya Rab. And that pass must be P-A-S-S-E-D. Can I, can I share something with you, Sheikh? It's a bit of a weird thing to share uh, on a public platform, but uh, it's something that, that, that struck me. We, we recently went to Istanbul, uh, myself and a few scholars and friends, and we spent some time in the company of Sheikh Muhammad Ali Mas'ud, a Syrian scholar, um, mashallah, a brilliant scholar as well, and he's also... Uh, of the Al-Bayti Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And um, his lineage is documented. He was also a very good friend of Malna Taha rahimahullah. And then, I just hope that this is going to be taken in the right light. This is again the language of love. He told us that when he met Malna Taha, he didn't tell Malna Taha that he was in Al-Bayti Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi In fact, it was something that was sort of, he keeps it sort of private. To himself, but Malata asked him, 
you are are you of the family of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam yes so he said he said yes and then he sort of explained his lineage and so on because they they have it well established so he asked me but how did you know so manata said to him no i can see that there's there's something here by by your head that your you know the eyebrows and the forehead and stuff is shaped in like a weird answer that he gave so then sheikh muhammad ali masood asked him but but how do you know and then manata just changed the topic and carried on <laughs> And and none of us ever heard the story until now <laughs> when we went to Turkey and I thought, wow, subhanallah. Yes, Allah. Ya Rabb. And of course, uh, this this story of uh, of the Prophet Sallallahu birth and so forth that's well recorded in the seerah, it already, like like in this verse, riwayah, it sets the tone, you know, everything. And and the Quran does the same. No. The Quran does the same in, you know, li'ilah fi Quraysh. But before the li'ilah fi Quraysh, before the stage is set, Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi ashabi al-feel. This magnificent, unprecedented event of this army of elephants that would be documented forever in the history of the Arabs made everyone, whether they believed in the Prophet ﷺ afterwards or not, but they all knew that this year, this Amul feel was a special year. And they also couldn't deny that Rasulullah was born in that year. So even that stage is set. Yes, for Allah. for the coming of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik alayhi wa ba'du fa'aquluhu wa sayyiduna Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib wa ismuhu Shaybatul Hamd humidat khisaluhu as-saniyya ابن هاشم واسمه عمرو بن عبد مناف واسمه المغيرة الذي ينتم الارتقاء لعليا. Some of the lines in this section are longer than normal, so you find of our readers locally even cutting each section in two. Right. But I'm doing it in this manner so we can hear the rhyme continue. تمام. ابن قصي واسمه مجمع سمي بقصي لتقاصيه في بلاد قضاعة القصية إلى أن أعاده الله تعالى إلى الحرم المحترم فحما حما ابن كلاب واسمه حكيم بن مرة بن كعب بن لؤي بن غالب بن فهر واسمه قريش وإليه تنسب البطون القرشية وما فوقه كناني كما جنح إليه الكثير وارتضى ابن مالك ابن النضر ابن كنانة ابن خزيمة ابن مدركة ابن إلياس وهو أول من أهدى البدن إلى الرحاب الحرمية وسمع في صلبه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ذكر الله تعالى ونباه ابن مضر بن نزار بن معد بن عدنان وهذا سلك نظمت فرائده بنان السنة السنية 
ورفعه إلى الخليل إبراهيم أمسك عنه الشارع وأباه وعدنان بلا ريب عند ذوي العلوم النسبية إلى الذبيح إسماعيل نسبته ومنتماه ومنتهاه فأعظم به من عقد تألقت كواكبه الدرية وكيف لا والسيد الأكرم صلى الله عليه وسلم واسطته المنتقى نسب تحسب العلا بحلاه قلدتها نجومها الجوزاء حب ذا عقد سودد وفخار أنت فيه اليتيمة العصماء وأكرم به من نسب طهره الله تعالى من سفاح الجاهلية أوردنا الزين العراقي واردا في مورد الهني ورواه حفظ الإله كرامة لمحمد آباءه الأمجاد صونا لاسمه تركوا السفاح فلم يصبه معاره من آدم وإلى أبيه وأمه سرات سرى نور النبوة في أسارير غررهم البهية وبدر بدره في جبين جده عبد المطلب وابنه عبد الله عطل اللهم قبره الكريم بعرف شذيم من صلاة وتسليم اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رب I don't think there's a more beautiful way of of going through the lineage of Rasulullah and the amazing thing about it is how many Muslims have memorized his lineage because of this most certainly I mean a lineage isn't, isn't it's not something easy to learn you have to be a person of memory a person who memorizes things and you it needs to be but you know memorize a 40 wayat and you know the lineage of rasulullah <laughs> so the most beautiful lineage uh, around i want to first share my most outstanding uh, lesson ibra that i take from from the lineage of the prophet <laughs> because it's highlighted so beautifully there isn't a single case of immodesty, indecency, adultery, fornication in the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa from Adam alayhi salatu wasalam all the way down to his father and his mother. Ya Rabb sallallahu alayhi wa Subhanallah. We, we can't come close to the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam as far as his stature. But our stature can certainly honor him if we aspire 
to those same ranks that he, he set down for us in our oh, own little ways, you know. Oh, and of course, uh, children don't carry the, the, the sin of the parents and this is not something that reaches in Islam. But to come from such a lineage where, uh, it, as the as the Musannif, rahimahullah ta'ala, called it a string of pearls, oh, oh. a string of pearls that, that's connected one to the other. No. Oh, if oh, I may certainly. ask, what, what stands out for Sheikh from, from the uh, Nasab al-Sharif? Exactly that. He says, وَأَكْرِمْ بِهِ مِنْ نَسَبٍ طَهَرَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى مِنْ سِفَاحِ الْجَاهِلِيَةِ So uh, it's the most noble of, of lineages. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is purified from all the immorality of the time of ignorance. Ya Rab. Where people uh, were to some extent lawless, and others were living by their own laws and rules mm. with a disregard, total disregard for uh, the divine law, mm. which they which they had some remnants of via the the link and the forefathers to uh, link, link linking them to Nabi Ismail and Ibrahim mm. 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 But the the general mass had gone astray. But his lineage in particular, there's clear record of each of these individuals and what type of principled individuals they were, mm. people of honor and people of valor, mm. and people of uh, respect. They, they had, they had that, that status amongst their people because of their the, 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 the unique and strong and pure personalities. Mm. Alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah. Now, Jameel. Beautiful. Khairan, inshallah. So that was the second, the second no. riwayah. Uh, we'll get ready for the third riwayah. And uh, the third riwayah is also... An indication of some of the events preceding his birth, yes. yes, that the author feels to highlight. Yeah. And it sets the tone, of course. You know, many dhikr gatherings, often because the second one is, is somewhat lengthy, but really the the feelings uh, that one requires in order to get to the ashraqah part, that is, is, you know, it comes, it formulates there in the fourth riwaya. And the third one, I, I really, I think even the way it just starts. Where do you get language like that? No. I mean, how does one even translate that no. In, in, no. Into, into English? You know? And even if you could, like Mullah Muhammad spoke about this at the, the program last week. Okay. And he speaks about the, the Muhammadan reality. Allah. That, that needs time just to, to, to wrap our heads around. <laughs> what do you mean, Muhammad? It was a, it was a man, uh, the final prophet. Uh, uh, we know his history, but the reality of that man, we don't really know. Mm. That man who was enabled to receive divine uh, revelation directly, such a revelation that mountains could not take. That man who, who saw so much um, hard saw having been born without a father, then he's losing his mother at the age of six and grandfather at eight, etc. And, and then seeing his own people who previously had complimented him and praised him, calling him As-Sadiq and Al-Amin, that same people turning against him. Mm. That same man who had to bury all his children but one during his lifetime. And yet, he was known to be the one who smiled the most. Allah. What is this? What, what type of man is this? Allah. He did not allow, allow his circumstances to change him and affect him. That same man who prayed for his enemies on the battlefield. When the Sahaba came and said, in Uhud in particular, just make one dua against them, Ya Rasulullah. He said, no, Lam ubath la'anan. I have not been sent to curse people. Ya Allah. Innama bu'ithu rahmatan. I've only been sent as a mercy. On the battlefield. 
So we have the fact, yes. And we have a description, yes. And we're practicing certain sunan because we love him and we have the spark of love. Mm. But the, the reality that the, of this man, we need a lifetime and more to, to come to understand. Yes, You know, something that, that's coming, uh, I'm remembering one of the talks that I listened to recently, Shah Hamza Yusuf was mentioning. I think he also just mentioned it because it just, it just sort of occurred to him at the time. And it's something that occurred to me on the night uh, of the 12th of Rabiul Awal at, when I spoke at Mawbri Masjid. You know, we have very little to come to Allah with and present to Allah. And and we have very little in terms of our own deeds and our own, uh, what can we bring to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? But if we can just manage to bring love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba. Yes, If that's all you have. No. If you have, I, I, I don't have many, I don't have many fasts, says the Sahaba. I don't have many salahs, says the Sahaba. I don't have this, I don't have that. But I, I love you, Ya Rasulullah. Yes, Al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba. A no. person will be with those whom he loves. Yes, And then Shahamza Yusuf was mentioning, how miraculous is it? His name is Muhammad. Yes, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was the first to have ever received such a name. Who names? Like, how do you get to the point of the first person who is named Muhammad, the praised one? Yes, Salam. How? When <laughs> no one has named that before him. And now today, it is the most ubiquitous first name in the world. <laughs> yeah. Without dispute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we understand it in a different way. Yeah, Rob. So, so I was thinking on, on, on the Talth of Rabbi Al-Awwal, maybe, Ya Rob, maybe we got nothing else right, but we managed to get Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's name as the most famous name in the, the world. world. Maybe, Ya Rob. Maybe that is enough. Yeah, you know, yeah. The love of the of the ummah of just his name. Yes, Allah. That they named their children his name. Yeah. As an ummah, we got very little to present to you, Ya, ya Allah, on, on that day. But maybe this is one thing that ya we can Rab. present as a testification of our love for him. Yeah, Rab. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sallallahu alayhi True. The, the Muhammadan, Muhammadan reality, hmm. he speaks about the creation in this riwayah, the third hmm. one speaks hmm. about the creation. Um, once it was inspired, as if inspired, divinely inspired of this event that was happening, mm. um, it reacted. Mm. And uh, we accept the narration of the, uh, and acknowledge the narration of the tree stump no. in the Al-Majid al-Nabawi that uh, was wailing mm. and, and as if crying, mm. mourning the fact that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was not touching it mm. after his podium was made for him. And Sahaba all heard it. And they witness him stepping down and going to hug that stump. Something that you would think is, uh, has no f a type of, 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 of recognition. Mm -hmm. But it recognized him so to the extent that it, it yearned his touch. So what is this Muhammad in reality mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. he, we accept that, that narration and narration as well where Ali Radlanu says, there were times when I and Rasulullah we would walk in, 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 in Makkah on the outskirts and there would not be a tree or a stone except it would greet Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu is sitting in Medina and he tell, and he's yearning for Makkah and he tells Sahaba, I know of a stone in Makkah. I know of a stone in Makkah that used to greet me even before I was sent with the message. And if I if we were ever back there, I will show you that stone. Yes. Muhammad in reality is something else. Not a mercy. This is some this we end with this before we go into mm -hmm. the Ruwa, inshallah. Mm -hmm. 
not simply sent as a mercy to humankind. No, not only as a mercy to humankind or human and jinn, but rahma lil alameen. Allah is Rabbul Alameen, and Allah sent Rasulullah as rahma lil alameen. We don't understand the reality of this man. Absolutely. And I said earlier, we need a lifetime or more to come to gain, to understand his reality. But even that would not be sufficient. No. Only Allah knows his true reality because Allah, I mean, if we were to get even other colleagues and scholars to come and comment on these things, so many more insights would come to. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructing us to send salawat and Rasulullah and salam. You could have simply said, Ya ayyuhaladina amanu sallu. But he informs us of something before that. He says, He is sending salutation on Muhammad. Inna Allah. And not only he, Jalla Jalaluhu, wa malaikatahu. His angels, how many are there? No one knows. They all are. Yusalluna ala nabi. Ya Rab. This is an-nabi. It refers to him, Nabi Muhammad. All the time. Yusalluna. All the time. They are. We cannot understand. The reality of this man. Subhanallah. So, so, yeah, he starts in unique manner. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> earlier on you mentioned that point about uh, the animals speaking, right? And and, and that we, we, we should comment, we should mention something about that. After what we've just remembered now and, and made mention of now, it's not necessary. Not necessary. It's not necessary. If, if you can't understand after seeing it in light of this, then, then there's no understanding. No, it's not about. We're not dealing with marwiyat fil hadith. You know, we're not dealing with charhin ta'adil. We're not trying to figure out what the hukum is here and there. We figuring out the rank of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And uh, <laughs> the tongue stops at that point. True, true, true. Subhanallah. Oh, true, true. Tayyib, inshallah. Fadlu. اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه ولما أراد الله تعالى إبراز حقيقته المحمدية وإظهاره جسما وروحا بصورته ومعناه نقله إلى مقره من صدفة آمنة الزهرية وخصها القريب المجيب بأن تكون أما لمصطفى ونودي في السماوات والأرض بحملها لأنواره الذاتية وصبا كل صب لهبوب نسيم صبا. Some texts have it صبا no problem. وكسيت الأرض بعد طول جذبها من النبات حللا سندسيا وأينعت الثمار وأدنى الشجر للجاني جنا. ونطقت بحمله كل دابة لقريش بفصاح الألسن العربية 
وقرت الأسرة والأصنام على الوجوه والأفواه وتباشرت وحوش المشارق والمغارب ودوابها البحرية واحتست العوالم من السرور كأس حمياه وبشرت الجن بإظلال بإظلال ما أظلال لا أعرفه بإظلال وبشرت الجن بإظلال زمنه وانتهكت الكهانة ورهبت الرهبانية ولهج بخبره كل حبر خبير وفي حلا حسنيته كل حبر كل كل حبر وأتيت أمه في المنام فقيل لها إنك قد حملت بسيد العالمين وخير البرية وسميه إذا وضعته محمدا لأنه ستحمد عقباه عطر اللهم قبره الكريم بعرف شذي من صلاة وتسليم اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه صلى الله تعالى عليه يا رب يا رب Of course we we gave some preceding discussions this this is a difficult this is a difficult uh, text to translate wallah yeah. i mean i'm reading the where does the english will never do justice to this walamma arada allah ibrasa haqiqatihi almuhammadiyya how ya rab when allah wanted to produce his muhammadan reality allahu akbar um, and it produces inadequate the ibras yeah. means to bring forth to make manifest out make manifest now like it, it's there no. and 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 this is just making it shown to the world no Like uh, again in that uh, talk that I was referring to earlier on, um, Sidi Hamza Yusuf mentioned that it's a deep point. It's such, such it's a subtle point, but it's it's a good point that we know karama takes place. We know that without a shadow of a doubt, it it is proven, and it's proven in the lives of Sahaba, in the lives of some of the the Quranic personalities. So so one person asked the Sheikh like so why can't you know, Are all these things alive, like they're making dhikr of Allah. So how come we can't hear? He says, I, I'm not getting the story 100% correctly, but he says, uh, you can't hear because you, you don't have the ability to hear. No. Right? And then, anyways, it carries on. So he asks the question, so why is it that all the sahaba could hear the tree stump cry then? Yes, Allah. He says, because they were all awliya. Yes, Allah. Each and every one of them. And then, like with the stones, not all of the Sahaba heard that. Some of them heard that. Oh. And and you can only, you know, of course, we, 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 this is the part where we start excluding ourselves and saying, oh, you know, that's we will never get that. And perhaps we will never reach the stage of the Sahaba or the level of the Anbiya, the level of some of the Awliya. But Allah allows us to get as much as we want when we put in the... The recipe of success. No. And when we stay away from haram, no. and you don't taint, you, we don't taint our hearts with uh, with impurity. 
because an impure heart cannot contain the pure light. Allah, it's Allah, as simple as that. Simple as that. And, and, and this is something that we struggle with. Wallahi, Sheikh, all of us, we struggle with this. Oh. We try to figure out like how, which way to Allah, which way to Allah, should I do this, should I do that, try a bit of this, try a bit of that. Just this, the first step is just stop disobeying Allah. That's the no. first step. And and if we can do just that much and our basic fara'id no. that we that we may even just overlook make salah five times a day. Don't overlook that. No. It's the most powerful way to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the problem is we we overlooking the step the, the, the most important step, which is the first step, and that is to stay away from haram. No. And this is uh if you if we desire this, Haqiqatihil Muhammadiyah. It's not about making a million salawat, although that will certainly help, but it's about finding the same path that he directed us to, which is don't disobey Allah, do what Allah had commanded, and beautify your life with the sunnah. That is the Muhammadan reality. And and, and I think it's so important for us to just bring ourselves grounded again into this realization that as beautiful as these stories and these realities are, it's not unattainable. And then there are living beings and we can meet them and we can shake their hands and we yeah. can we can interact and live with them and we can see that as great as the experiences are, the path to achieving those experiences, I believe, not easy, but attainable. Oh. It's attainable. Allah knows best. Allah knows best, but true. Alhamdulillah. Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi. No. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he's, he's not the example for nothing. He's the example for us. Which means there's, there's something to take mm-hmm. example from and to implement and learn from. No. Are there any other examples of Allah Are there any other lines that Sheikh wants to highlight before we continue? In this particular riwayah, um, something came to my mind earlier. The whole riwayah speaks of how the various forms of creation rejoiced mm. in different ways with the news of the birth of Rasulullah it was to be. And uh, it ends with uh, uh, a dream that uh, Amina um, had um, informing her of the unique nature of this child she was bearing, which was going to give birth. And and we found, like I say, people can access the information again. Mm. Some narrations where, where um, she's reported to have said certain things. And uh, authentic narration, Musnadu Ahmad, Nabi Sallallahu speaks about the fact that he said, I am the, the dua of my father Ibrahim salam. And I am the glad tiding of my brother Isa alayhi salam. Mm. So he's referring to certain ayat where Allah speaks about Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam making a dua that Allah must send amongst his offspring a messenger from them. Rabbana wa ba'athim Rasulullah min. He says, I am the dua of my father Ibrahim. And then Nabi Isa, Allah says in the Quran, Nabi Isa addressed the Bani Israel and said, I am here for various reasons, one of which is, Mubashiram bi rasuli yati min ba'dismu Ahmad. I'm giving you glad tidings of a messenger that's to come after me. His name is Ahmad. In the same narration, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also said, I am uh, uh, the, the cause of my mother seeing the light when she gave birth to me. So he mentioned some things that happened to his mother. Mm. It wasn't just a normal birth. Mm. Anyway, but 
Yes. No, no. I, it's, I'll mention this afterwards, inshallah. So, it's just some, something that uh, crosses my mind every so now and then when we deal with these things, but uh, I'll mention it afterwards. Inshallah. So what came to my mind earlier when Mullah was speaking and when reading this, it's about rejoicing. So an ayah came to my mind. Mm. The ayah in Surah Al-Dukhan, where Allah says the opposite happened regarding uh, one of the, the biggest tyrants in our history, which is mm. Fir'aun. Mm. When Fir'aun and his uh, army were drowned, Allah said, um, Allah says, فَمَا بَكَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّمَاءُ وَالْأَرْضِ the, the sky and the earth did not cry over them. Ya Allah. I mean, he wasn't even concerned. It's as if good riddance. So what, what is the opposite? It means there are certain people who live such righteous lives, such pure lives, such obedient lives, that, um, and the earth is away because the earth will be inspired on that day to communicate and inform mm. of what transpired on it. So there are certain people, this means, that are so beautiful and pure and use the earth for khair, and when they pass, the earth will mourn them. Ya Allah. Because that, 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 those ibadat and those activities of purity that that person engaged in throughout his or her life will no longer take place. Will mourn them. Mm. No, it, for Fir'aun, no mourning. So, so there is recognition in the creation mm. now. So, so likewise, um, with the birth of the best of creation, the best man to ever walk on the face of the earth, we mm. can understand that there'll be some. Uh, no. So, so in, the, in the presentation, mm. Uh, I mentioned before even going into the issue of the tree stump mm. or the stones and the trees, etc. I mentioned uh, the, the ant and Nabi Sulaiman alayhi salam. Mm. Okay? The creation was constantly in, in remembrance, like you mentioned earlier, um, are somehow, somehow illuminated and somehow given some recognition of the messengers of their time. So, Nabi Sulaiman salam, when he was walking with his army, did not interact with the, the ant. He heard the act, he, he, rather he heard the ant inform its colony of the approach of Sulaiman, meaning the ant had a recognition of who Sulaiman was mm. as the prophet of that time. Mm. And that's not, is that a fairy tale? No, it's in our Quran. Of course, of course. It's, it's in, in our Quran. Quran. No, no. They are not, Allah does not speak about any relationship. It's far, far, far from our minds. Nabi Sulaiman alayhi salam could communicate with the birds, him and his father, ulimna mantiq al-tayr. But here, the, the, Allah, Allah states that Nabi Sulaiman heard what the ant had said, and Allah says the ant said, oh, other ants, Oh, oh, colony, enter your homes. لا يحتمنكم سليمان. Allah says that the ant mentioned his name. There was a recognition, yeah. an acknowledgement of who of the messenger of that time. And so, what about the final messenger? The one who said the Mursalin, Nabiyin. Won't the creation who are in recognition of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala also be aware, somehow endowed by Him Subhanahu wa Taala, to be aware of the one who was sent as a rahmah for them as well? I mean, Allah will not. People prayed for punishment in the audacity and arrogance. They used to say, "In If this is true, then make it rain stones. They said these words. They said to Allah, 
Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ Allah. Allah will not punish them whilst you are amongst them. Ya Rasulullah. <laughs> His presence was a mercy, keeping Allah's wrath away from the disobedient of and, the time. And it continues to be. Because <laughs> Qiyamah Qiyama won't take place while Allah Allah is being mentioned. Being and Allah no. Allah is only being said because of the teachings of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya So yes, the third narration is deep. It's very deep. It's on another level of deep. How did the, how did the cloud know where to follow? Ya <laughs> salam. There's clouds. How did the cloud know where to follow? So they say, yeah, Allah sent it, but, but it's Allah's creation and everything glorifies Him and praises Him. Yeah. And they acknowledge the one that was sent to, to revive this glorification and draw people back to Allah. Mercy lil alameen. Mercy lil alameen. Tayyib, shall we? Fadiyatafaddal mashkura. Maulana Muhammad, we read this on Saturday and he highlighted, so he started with this. He said, because... He's heard it many times before, but mm. you know, sometimes in a particular occasion, particular time, something just stands out as if you... So he highlighted this. He says, Al-Mawam Busayri was someone else. Because he, how does he describe the moment of the birth? Because the birth preceded the ultimate changes that were to come, that humanity was exposed to. And he says, he says, the time had arrived. zaman anhu sada. He said, the time had arrived for time, a existence, to be rid and cleansed from its rust. As if the entire existence and time itself had become rusty with all the disobedience and polytheism and shirk and neglect. So the time had now arrived for that, that rust to be removed. And who's, oh. going, to, who's, going, to, who's going to remove it? <laughs> this man. Beautiful. اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه ولما تم من حمله شهران على مشهور الأقوال المروية شيخ صالح عبادي when reading this would encourage us to say صلى الله عليه وسلم at these two places here two three so I'm going to read it again with صلى الله عليه وسلم وَلَمَّا تَمَّ مِنْ حَمْلِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ شَهْرَانِ عَلَى مَشْهُورِ الْأَقْوَالِ الْمَرْوِيَةِ تُوفِّيَ بِالْمَدِينَةِ الْمُنَوَّرَةِ أَبُوهُ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَكَانَ قَدْ اجْتَازَ بِأَخْوَالِهِ بَنِي عَدِيٍّ مِّنَ الطَّائِفَةِ النَّجَّارِيَّةِ وَمَكَثَ فِيهِمْ شَهْرًا سَقِيمًا يُعَانُونَ سُقْمَهُ وَشَكْوَاهُ وَلَمَّا تَمَّ مِنْ حَمْلِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَلَى الرَّاجِحِ تِسْعَةُ أَشْهُرٍ قَمَرِيَّةٍ وَآنَ لِلزَّمَانِ أَنْ يَنْجَلِيَ عَنْهُ صَدَاهُ حَضَرَ أُمَّهُ لَيْلَةَ مَوْلِدِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ آسِيَةُ وَمَرْيَمُ فِي نِسْوَةٍ مِّنَ الْحَظِيرَةِ الْقُدَسِيَّةِ 
this particular masala. Um, there's evidence within the sunnah to indicate that standing for someone is a good thing. And there's evidence in the sunnah to indicate that the Prophet ﷺ didn't want people to stand for him. Just as there's indication that the Prophet ﷺ wanted us to refer to him as Nabi Muhammad ﷺ without the usage of Sayyid. And then there's also uh, evidence I'm saying Anna Sayyidu Wuldi Adam. No, exactly. And and then these these incidences of Sahaba, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu who in a sense refused an order of the Prophet وسلم, out of Adab. Yes. You know, in, 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 in the writing. This was this was uh, I mean the Prophet وسلم, is there and and they wanted Sayyidina Ali. Or rather, the Prophet wanted uh, Sayyidina Ali to remove uh, Rasulullah. Yeah. And he said, remove it. And in, then in writing Ali, the, in the text. No, yes, in no. the text. No, because they were busy writing a, a pact and he, he refused to do it. Yes, because Allah. of Adab. Yes, Allah. And, and you know, so, so these are matters that naturally there's going to be differences of opinion about because the text allows for this. No. As much as it allows... Uh, as much as our, our nusus allows for differences in masail fiqhiyya no. and even some masail <laughs> aqdiyya, uh, you know, not the the, the, the core axiomatic stuff, but the extended stuff, so to speak. No. Like, for example, did the Prophet see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not? No. You know, these are matters about which there's genuine differences of opinion. It existed at the time of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, at the time of the Tabi'een. So... You know, these are not matters about which we should fight because no. there are, there's room for everyone. Uh, as I mentioned, in the Shafi'i Madhab, uh, as Sheikh knows, of course, that uh, Imam Ibn Hajar al-Haytami, who writes the Tuhfat al-Muhtaj, is like probably the most senior commentary of the Minhaj of Imam al-Nawawi. He regards uh, the standing at, at Inda Dhikri Mawlidihi. This is in one of his Fatawa books. He regards it as a reprehensible innovation. But other Shafi'i scholars have, have, have not agreed. In fact, Imam al-Barzanji himself had said that it is recommended uh, at the time of, of mentioning his Mawli to stand. And I think uh, we should be mature enough to understand this difference and at the same time respect the views of people who choose to follow the one way no. and the views of people who choose to go a different way. No. More importantly though, Sheikh, is to be able to tolerate the other. No as opposed to making that the be-all and end-all. And to make that the, the standard of whether somebody loves the Prophet ﷺ or not. Or not. No. Because love is expressed in different ways. Exactly. No? And, and some, for some people, 
their belief is that by following the Prophet's awesome sunnah with the beard and with the thobe at a certain length and with the siwak and, and going to the masjid every day five times a day and reading salat al-duha and ishraq and fasting in a month and they, they are mashallah consistent with that that that's the expression of love no. and they perhaps choose not to engage in these expressions of love no. and that's that, that's okay that's in its place but at the same time then there are those who only know this form of expressing love no. and if you take this away from them you've taken away the only expression of love Allah. and and i think it's so important for us as an ummah at this stage to move beyond these things no. like it's sad for me that even after a pandemic even after uh, you know we're sitting in 2022 but the same debates are again, brought annually, up again annually annually we're going to get nowhere with it the issue of standing and reverence in general um in the in the uh, presentation um, um two points mentioned where the idea of standing for respect comes up um uh, in the prophet sallallahu lifetime itself So there's a narration, and I give the reference in the PowerPoint, where um, the Prophet Sallallahu was seated hmm. and sitting with some Sahaba, and uh, Sa'ad bin Mu'adh radiallahu anhu uh, arrived. Hmm. So Nabi Sallallahu told him, Qumu li Sayyidikum, stand up for your chief, because hmm. he was the chief of one of the Aus clans. So that's one. Hmm. And then uh, the narration as well, where uh, a funeral burial was passing, And two companions stood for it after having been seated mm. as a sign of respect. Mm. And the, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a deceased person. Uh, so when they were engaged, uh, they said that they were seated with Rasulullah when something happened. The, the same happened. Baril uh, 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 passing by. And then he was informed that it was a Jew, yeah, Jewish person. No, no. And then he asked, was it not a soul? Yeah, Rab. So... The concept of standing, the sign of respect, that is there. Mm. It's a given, and there we see examples in the sunnah. Mm. Uh, but now doing it at this particular juncture, doing it at this particular point for this particular reason, like you said, they, you can you can try to reason, mm. and you can just try to feel. And But the bottom line is this, like you said, those who stand do not say that those who do not stand do not love. Mm. And those who no, stand... Nor should they say. Nor should they. And those who stand do not st- stand... Saying it is wajib to stand or far mm. to stand, mm. and those who stand do not and should not believe that they're standing because they believe is 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 present no, now. No, that's something else. Mm. And the general Kiptonian community do not believe. They in don't those even things. know about those. They know those types of beliefs. Like if you must, if you must mention that in a gathering, people look at you like, what? What is this guy no. coming with here now? It's simply, it's simply the fact that we are lacking words. We've used someone else's words to express our love. Mm. We don't have the words. Mm. And what more can we now do to, to show our love and respect? Or mm. stand up. Mm. Acknowledging the fact that we were not blessed with his company. And It's had we been in his company, we would have done all that we could, including standing in his presence. Mm. So yeah, Allah, Allah grant us his company in the Ya Rab, Ya Rab. Allah allow us to be his neighbors in the Akhirah. Ya Rab, Ya Rab, Ya Rab. And to uh, experience that Muhammad in reality. Naam, naam. First and and honestly, uh, Sheikh, there there is genuinely uh, room for for this this ikhtilaf as long as it doesn't become khilaf. No. And I think it's important that people um, understand this. And the, again, the most important it doesn't matter which side you are on. You know, the standing or the no standing. There are few there are a few things that I think we should agree on. The one thing is 
that it is not fardu sunnah to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is that it is no it is not haram to do so unless you're doing so under the conditions and with the beliefs and so forth that makes it a reprehensible innovation as explained by Ibn Hajr al-Aytami rahimahullah ta'ala. And uh, I think we should just be easy about this. Uh, you know, and I, I completely respect people who have taken a stand otherwise. But still then take your, take your view, practice your view and don't uh, don't cause... Don't let that be a point of of breaking family ties oh, oh. or causing um, you know friction among people. We have enough of that. No. You know, don't let this 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 act of love become an act that brings about ill feelings and and scorn. That that for me is more important than anything else. That's if you don't feel like standing in the gathering and you feel like it's against your principle, then just start rolling up your sleeves and then get to the four three Y and go take up that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what one of my teachers said. If that's the, the most respectful way you can you can escape uh, if you need to, then go ahead and do that. And the other thing also is, uh, if you haven't ever, if you haven't ever allowed yourself this, then sometimes just just try it one. You just make the ashrakal sitting. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm. You know, just make it just do. We do it sometimes at Awal. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, subhanallah. Ajeeb. Ajeeb. And those who normally would stand, sit with us. Ajeeb. Because they know it's not like a requirement to stand. Nice. When we do stand, we stand. Nice. But so many times we've done it sitting. Ajeeb. Many times. In the masjid and at homes. Right. Beautiful, beautiful. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that can really be said to be problematic is when there's a, a. a belief that it is yes. necessary mm. or even that it is sunnah that the Prophet said we must do so. No, no. But subhanAllah, okay, now that we have that out of the way, um, there's one interesting narration in here that, you know, I said I'm going to mention this afterwards, Sheikh, and this is, this is what I was thinking about. The conditions for narrations in hadith, they are very, very difficult historically. They are very high and it's very difficult for a narration to meet those requirements. How many ahadith are muttafaq alay? Mathanan. And then beyond the muttafaq alay, you know, that which is in Imam al-Bukhari as well as Muslim. Imam Muslim, then how many ahadith are sahih? No. What are we looking at? Probably maybe 10,000 if we include the Hassan ahadith as well. And then there are so many narrations that don't meet the requirement. People need to understand, first and foremost, that Saying that they don't meet the requirement doesn't mean that they're automatically fabrications, that they're automatically no. made up. It just means that they didn't meet the standards of transmission. And it's difficult to explain that in a, in a podcast, but that's a, a discipline in and of itself. My question is this. Leave alone the narrations that don't meet the requirement. How much of his life, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, was not even transmitted? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean that there's any sort of uh, plot or you know, conspiracy behind it, but you're talking about every single moment of yeah. every single day mm. of an entire lifetime. Yes, Allah. Every word, Oof. every thought, every expression, every acknowledgement, every acknowledgement, every tacit approval, every event, it's it's mind-boggling. And and especially when you when you, when one understands that this entire existence is a hujjah. Yeah, His entire existence is a hujjah. A proof. No, it's a proof. It is authoritative. So what the Sahaba had exposure to firsthand, what those who were present 
who were genuinely present at the birth of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam witnessed what the Quraysh witnessed at the time. Those things, who was there to transmit it to us? Like nobody was, nobody knew that Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam would be the man Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So they had no reason to meticulously meticulously record these things. So. We have these dreams, these narrations, sometimes spurious narrations, etc. Um, that's all we have. Mm. That's all we have. And can you blame us for for wanting to resonate with that moment with the little that we have, not in the form of a hadith that is authentic, because we will we will we won't go to that level and say this definitely happened and that definitely happened. No. We can only but dream and, and ask Allah to give us some glimpse of what happened perhaps in the akhirah when we meet him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, the reason I'm mentioning all of this is that um, there's, there's so much when it comes to love, so much depth that one has to, uh, you have to, you have to be able to see things from a different perspective altogether. Never mind out of the box, break the box down, throw it away mm. and just, just feel just feel and I and, and accept this is it for what, what it is. Nah, and this nah. is what I personally get from gatherings of dhikr, from uh, from poetry about Rasulullah sallallahu oh. alaihi wasallam, from these expressions of love. Um, they, not that we 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 drop our standards and we we, we lose all um, levels of veracity, but we we're not there for that. You don't go to a maulid because you want to hear Sahih Husirat in Nabawiyah. Mm-hmm. No, you buy Sahih Husirat in Nabawiyah and you study that with the teacher and, and that's where you learn that. You know, you, it's, it's a different sphere. So uh, I was thinking about that and I don't know. Uh, no, I, I couldn't have expressed it any better. That was eloquent and I appreciate the, the way you, you addressed it. Allah, Allah continued to guide and open up, but Ameen. it is exactly that. We have to know when to stop mm. and just let let what has been expressed um, nourish us mm-hmm. Otherwise we're going to be depriving ourselves mm. And we'll never really Live to our full potential mm. So yeah At the end of the day um, It's about It's about uh, Opening up our minds And our hearts and ourselves To what is out there And seeing what scholars have acknowledged mm. And then Exposing ourselves to the space And the experience with with the prayer that Allah allows us to draw some gain and benefit from it Ameen, as much as possible. Amen. Amen. Um the the one interesting thing that comes up here is that who was present at his birth, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we know from from the seerah who was genuinely present at his birth. But here in there's a there's a qissa about Sayyida Maryam alayhi salatu wasalam and Sayyida Sayyida uh, Asia alayhi salatu wasalam being present at uh, his blessed birth, Sheikh said that uh, Sheikh actually discovered the narration on this, isn't it? So yes, so it's in the the presentation. No, uh, and um, it uh, it's drawn from a, a lengthy narration where Amina was recorded to have said this at the time of the birth. She saw she saw a tall woman, and when she asked who they were, so the response was that I am Maryam, wow, and I am Asia. And these are of the woman of Jannah. Um, so, so like you said, the 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 the, the narration is there. It's in our records. No. And all that I mentioned in the presentation is this: it's it's not. Firstly, it's presented 
as having a particular source and reference. Uh-huh. It's not something that he um, uh, came up with by himself. And as a scholar in his own right, we would we would take it that he had a level of contentment in it to to the extent that he felt comfortable enough to add it to his text. Mm. And that's where we leave it. Mm. 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 Um, but yeah, the, uh, of, of, the, of the women at the time who were actually present there, and we can understand from this that it was a different space. Mm. It was a unique space. Um, was, I think, Abdurrahman bin Auf's mother. And I forget her name now, but uh, there's a narration where they even, and like you said, who was there at the time? Who were actually there? Mm. Um, there's a narration where she um, and the other woman said that at the time of his birth, the room felt illuminated, literally physically lit up. And when we, when we, when we, she said, when, when we left the room after his birth and we looked up, it seemed as if the stars were closer to the earth than normal. Yeah, Allah. So bright it was. Yeah, Allah. <laughs> so Allah knows best. But it was a different time, a different space. Mm. Now, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Alawi al-Maliki, uh, I, I refer to this book in my in the talk that I gave at the, the Mawbre Masjid, mentioned some very ajeeb points that, I mean, I have to follow it up because it's a scholar of note, subhanAllah, mm. and he mentioned some points about um, how the kahana paused. Every every listening jinn stopped at yes. the time of his birth, sallallahu yeah. alayhi wa sallam. There was all of, you know, that type of evil of the unseen There was world. no communication via th- Nothing uh, between them. Uh. no. So, so these, these, subhanAllah. Allah knows best. Like, like, like the author said, you know, حقيقته Muhammadiya. We could spend the rest of our lives um, and, and, and try to wrap our minds around something that, that Allah, Allah alone knows the true reality of. Um, it's, it's outstanding when one just even begins to imagine the scene on, on the day of Qiyamah. Everyone naked, barefoot, running nafsi nafsi everyone just in a state of turmoil and the one being who's standing there clothed and and uh, ready to praise Allah in a way that has never been heard before is saying ummati ummati yes Allah and uh, suffice you know that, that that is sufficient no <laughs> what what superhero can match that type <laughs> of string yes Allah what what Superman and He Man and Spider Man and all of these different kind of characters can match that type of strength? God given, divine, divine given, uh, divinely inspired power and rank and honor, maqama uh, mahmuda. No, Sheikh, uh, this was this was uh, beautiful, lovely, and uh, I'd like to ask your final comments, uh, be it about riwayat or about our sitting here. Lovely. I don't know. Um, uh, it comes to my mind now that that narration regarding Amina is documented by Imam Ibn Kathir as an historian, along with being a mufassir. And they speak about uh, the change in authenticity and the, the, the scholars, they have opinions regarding it. But <clears throat> the fact is, there is it is something there. Mm. And um, when you are in love, mm. or when you feel love, you are looking for all that you can muster and gather um, to show that love. Mm. And true love is not about you. Mm. True love is about the beloved. 
true love is selfless um if if i love the dish or i love the vehicle or i love the person simply because of how the person makes me feel mm. and how the dish makes me feel and nourishes me and how the car makes me feel then that's not the true love mm. that, that 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 that's a love w- with an agenda of gain mm. but um, true love is is we i'll do i'll give my last for my beloved yeah. and i want what's best for my beloved and that's that's the, the love that makes you a poet now and uh, so 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 yeah whether it's this type of fact regarding the birth that type of fact regarding creation it's all that i can gather it's already out there that um i want to i want to put together in a beautiful necklace of of words of pearls and gems to express what i'm feeling mm. and and through it hoping that it will it will even enhance that that that, that emotion and feeling and even in, even enhance that emotion and feeling in whoever are uh, to recite it and it it has reap that benefits alhamdulillah those benefits or those potential intentions why, why did they write it mm. first to record an aspect or an angle of what he was feeling and secondly to remind people that look we are not only to cl- to, to to state that we are linked to him by saluting him by sending salutation but our iman requires of us to also feel mm. just think of that and generally generally if we if we look at that hadith i've heard scholars translating it that saying that um, none of you have complete iman until mm. right i am more beloved to you then well i'm more beloved to him than his parents his children the rest of humanity but what he's saying the the word complete doesn't fit the say la yu'minu ahadukum none of you have iman until so so yes it says if everything and this is the this is the cherry on top this is the culmination that that completes the faith and encapsulates the faith i mean we look at the the ayat of uh, in surah tauba where allah speaks about if you're if your parents and your spouses mm. and your mm. brethren and your clansmen in your businesses in your homes and uh, if all of these are more beloved to you than Allah and his messenger and striving in Allah's path then be warned ya rab love Allah speaking about this i i want to i want to conclude with a question sheikh the, the question is somebody is listening to this and they feel like yo i wish i loved the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the so, way that so is no. described how can how can i no what would you advise you okay It, firstly that desire to love him more that's a good sign anyone if anyone were to watch this and they they haven't been touched by it or never even had that concern then, then they should worry um just just getting an understanding that our deen calls us towards love mm. changes our perception of this beautiful deen mm. beyond the rituals that we are required to do for the for the first few years of prophethood there were there were no rituals required it was all working on their inner states and working on their their personalities and the understanding of who they are in relation to Allah and who Allah is subhanahu wa ta'ala so when the instructions came they were ready mm. so someone who is concerned now about this and asks how first, that's the that's, that's the first step alhamdulillah then ultimately it's about selecting and i mean in my opinion and i would love you to to add to this whatever comes to your heart and mind sheikh but it's about selecting what we allow ourselves to be exposed to 
Mm. I'm exposed to, to soccer, for example. I'm exposed to the information regarding those players. Or I'm exposed to movies and I'm exposed to information regarding those actors. Again and again and again. Mm. I'm bound to... I, I, I am stimulating those emotions within me. Mm. You're feeding it. I'm feeding it. Mm. I'm feeding that fire of emotion towards these people because I've selected them and ex- I'm se- I've selected or used my time to engage in that exposure regarding them over and over and over again. So I must be strong. I should be stronger and I should make better choices. And it, 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 it is about the, the engagement of content regarding him, information regarding him, looking at the ayat of the Quran. We cannot divorce Rasulullah from the Quran. How Allah makes it such, besides the fact that we know it was, he was the medium, it was revealed to him and he conveyed it to us. But Allah mentions Rasulullah in second person all the time. No. You this and you who's who's the first initial recipient of the word? Him So again and again, so look at the Quran from that angle. Who's being addressed there? It's him again. And he's the example. And and if and if you love Allah, follow me, etc. etc. So about choosing and selecting what we expose ourselves to, because what we expose our minds to, our eyes to, our ears to will ultimately affect our hearts. And when we make the salawat, uh, understanding that um, it's, an, it's an instruction by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes, but salawat is actually acknowledgement of this link with Him, وسلم, even though we are lacking. Mm. You say, وسلم, salawat, and maybe the English word comes from the Arabic, salute. What does a, a soldier do when the, when the major or corporal passes by, he salutes him, acknowledges him. Even if he was neglectful, he acknowledges, I'm supposed to listen to you even though I'm falling short. So likewise, I said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I was Allah to send salutation on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on my behalf. I do not know what is worthy of salutation, so I asked Allah to do it. But it is me acknowledging this link again and again. And I'll be recipients of divine blessings if Allah deems me fit because Nabi Sallallahu said, but the more I say it, I, I, I remind myself of what I'm supposed to be doing and how I'm supposed to try my best to live up to that example and, and, and be the extension of that Muhammadan beauty, that Muhammadan purity, that Muhammadan mercy. Allah. Supposed to be, even though I'm falling short. So keep that concern going. And if, if, it, if, it's, if the concern is there, the love has to be nurtured. We just have to be consistent and constant in, 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 in our selection of information, our selection of activities, which mm. gatherings we go to, our selection of of what we choose to study or learn, etc. Um, and and, and, and the, the world is not opened up to us. There are so many things. You, you quoted, uh, uh, Sheikh Rishad, you quoted Hamza Yusuf and all. You had seen, it's online. Mm. But, so mm. people have no excuse. Mm. Searching for everything. And from the one, you get so many more options of what you can <laughs> watch. No. So search for information regarding him and you see what Allah will guide you to. Allah, Allah knows best. And then, Allah and then we pray. No. We raise our hands and ask Allah, oh Allah grant us your love, Ya Allah. Amen. Because ultimately, our love for Rasulullah is because we love Allah, because Allah loves Rasulullah himself. He's yes. no. the Habib. Mm. That narration in Tirmidhi, when Nabi Sallallahu heard some Sahaba chatting, I mean, they noticed him there, so he said, I've been, I've been sent to listen to you. One of them said, how unique Nabi Adam is. He was the first human being. Uh, and the other one said, yeah, but how unique Nabi Musa was because he was the one who Allah spoke with directly. I said, yeah, but Nabi Ibrahim was the Khalilullah. Yeah. And then uh, I was saying, yes, but Nabi Isa was the Kalimatullah. So, so Nabi Sallallahu said, I've been instructed to hear what you say and I've been instructed to tell you this. Adam alayhi salam 
was the first to be created. No one can take that space. Nabi Musa was Kalimullah. No one can take that. Nabi Ibrahim was Kalimullah. Nabi Isa was Kalimatullah wa Ruhu. And I am instructed to tell you that I am Habibullah. Allah. The most beloved of Allah. Most beloved. So our love for him is because Allah loves him. Mm. And because we love Allah. Mm. Ultimately, Ya Rabbi. So, so the, the final thing for that, for anyone who's that concerned, the concern is good. And then our selection of activities. And then and, and third, but in no way least, we should actually start there, is our prayer. Ask Allah to guide us to the paths of love and the paths of education and the paths of understanding and the paths of wisdom. Grant us ultimately Allah's love. And the hadith is a hadith when Abbas taught the Sahaba. Say, Allahumma rzuqni hubbak. Wa hubba ma yuhibbuk. Wa hubba amalin yuballighuni hubbak. Wa yuqadibuni la hubbak. Allah grant, sustain me with your love. Grant me your love. And grant me the love of those who love you. And grant me the love of activities and actions that draws me closer to your love. I mean, Allah accept. And we, we thank you for your, your contribution, your presence. May Allah uh, unite us around uh, the, the true lovers and Ameen. true love and grant us that true love of Rasulullah. And may our love be a means of our salvation in the Akhirah. Uh, may it be a means of earning Allah's Rahmah for it to be a salvation for all of us. And may we, gr- may we be granted that Shafa'ah uh, of Rasulullah, the ultimate Shafa'ah on the day of Qiyamah. وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته مولد نبوي مسألة صار فيها الخلاف I have found no single شافعي فقيه that condemns the مولد I have found some شافعي فقهاء who condemn elements associated with the Mawlid while affirming the validity of the Mawlid. Taking it back to Imam Shafi's own words, Al-Muhdathatu ala Tarbayn. Innovations, to call it innovations, there are two kinds of them. That which is in line with what, what Sharia says and that which is not in line with what Sharia says. So uh, th- that is now essentially your bid'ah hasan, your bid'ah sayyah. It forms part of the usul uh, framework of what the Shafi'i Madhab is all about, which is why I haven't found a single Shafi'i Faqih to condemn the Mawlid as such. The Mawlid was, they admit the fact that the Mawlid is a bid'ah. That cannot be denied. But they say, well, it's a bid'ah hasana. What makes it hasana, what makes it sayyah, depends what you put into the Mawlid. If you put aqaid kufriya into the Mawlid, it becomes a bid'ah sayyah. If you keep it free from that and you keep it as it was in the time of Imam Nawawi's Ustad, Abu Shama, he's the first one. He wrote the book against bid'ah. Uh, Al-Ba'is, and he takes his methodology from Izzuddin ibn Abdul Salam, his teacher, who laid out that al-bid'ah ala khamsati aqsam. You get a bid'ah wajibah, you get a bid'ah mandubah, you get a bid'ah mubaha, makruha, and muharrama. All four five of these you do get. And uh, then he says, وَمِنْ أَحْسَنِ مَبْتُدِعَ فِي زَمَانِنَا الْمَوْلِدِ النَّبَوِي He says this al-bid'ah hasara. So, uh, if we're looking at this from the point of view of the Shafi'i Madhab, this was how the Shafi'i Fuqaha have treated it. Uh, many of them have written Mawalid themselves. Uh, Ibn Hajar has a famous answer that he gave, uh, Suyuti quotes it. Suyuti has a risala on it, uh, uh, what does he call it? Fusl Maqsid fi Amal al-Mawlid. Sakhawi has written a Mawlid, Ibn Kathir has written a Mawlid. But in back then, all of them, Ibn Nasr al-Din and so on, what was a Mawlid to them? A Mawlid was an occasion to celebrate the seerah and to to discuss the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Last of the year before, I bought the Mawlid of Ibn Nasr al-Din. Now, Ibn Nasr al-Din at Dimashqi is also the man who wrote that other book, Ar-Raddu al-Wafir ala man za'ama 
أن من قال في في ابن تيمية شيخ الإسلام فهو كافر. He's defending he's defending ابن تيمية. And he writes a مولد. He writes a مولد. So his مولد is called جامع الآثار في مولد المختار. I want to see what's his مولد. His مولد comes in six volumes. And to see what's his مولد. What is it? It's a book on Sira. Not just the birth of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. His birth, his life, his death, his clothing, his, it's like Shama'il, it's Sira, all of that included. So the Mawlid was an occasion of reconnecting with the Sira of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Similarly would be, similar would be the Mawlid of Sakhawi, the Mawlid of Ibn Kathir and so on. But back then, Mawlids were written in the form of what? In the form of Hadith books, history books. Then later on, Mawlid assumed a different form. In the time of Barzanji, in the time of Ibn Daybar. It assumed a different form now. Now Mawlids were written in literary form. No longer in the hadith form. Ibn Nasiruddin would say, you know, Akhraj al-Bukhari an fulan and he gives the hadith. Or, you know, Akhraj al-Bayhaqi fi al-Dala'in and he would give the hadith. Later on the Mawlid doesn't sound like that any longer. The Mawlid sounds what? Abtadi'u al-Imla'a bismidhati al-Aliyah. Father is shaking his head. He probably knows the Mawlid by heart. Huh? <laughs> So uh, it, it, it assumes a literary form. And in this literary form, this is the Mawlid that we have come to uh, to know in our societies. That's the Mawlid. And that Mawlid is then restricted to that particular night uh, of the 12th of Rabi'ul Awal when it is read. Or to the month of Rabi'ul Awal, throughout the month of Rabi'ul Awal when that Mawlid is read. The reading of the Mawlid, you know, of the events, recollecting the events, what is the harm therein? It's like a jalsa of seerah. Having a jalsa speaking about the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But when the events are based upon mawdu ahadi, then we have a bit of a problem with that. And the later mawali do not actually indicate what their sources are. There's a second thing, and that is the qiyam عند ذكر المولد. وَلَمَّا تَمَّ مِنْ حَمْلِهِ عَلَى الرَّاجِحِ تِسْعَةُ أَشْرٍ قَمَرِيَّةِ And then فَوَلَدَتْهُ أُمُّهُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ this man's face is shining. He knows all about it. And at that moment, everyone gets up and sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That qiyam is a masala fiqhiyya. Qiyam is a masala fiqhiyya. Wa mas'alatun ikhtalafa fiha fuqaha ul madhabi shafi'i. The shafi'i fuqaha. Ibn Hajar Haytham in his fatawa hadithiyya. Treats that particular masala and he calls it a bid'a shani'a munkara. He says, that's not a bid'a hasana. That qiyam in the dhikr al-mawlid. Bid'a shani'a munkara. He treats it where he comes. You know, he's asked the question. Uh, there's a hadith which says when uh, which surah was it? Ata Amrullah fala tustajiri. When there's revealed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then he stood up. So someone asked, if we read today Ata Amrullah, can we also stand up, you know, for the sake of ta'asib in Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? So he says, No, you cannot. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stood up there when he said when the ayah came to Ata Amrullah. So I think Qiyamah has come now. When came Fala Tustajiru, he sits down again. So the the Mahdi is for not for tahqiq but for ta'akid. Ata Amrullah, not it has come, it will most certainly come. So he sits down again. So the sabab for the qiyam existed for a very short space of time and then it's gone. So he sat down. So from there he goes on and says, the standing at the time of Dikrul Mawlid, this is bid'ah shani'a munkara. Some of the mutaakhirin in Hijaz afterwards and in Yemen, they have said that no, it's Amr Mustahsan. They didn't find it as bad as that. So it's a masala of ikhtilaf between the ulama. Personally, I'm much more inclined to the view of Ibn Hajar. Well, if the qawaid of ifta in the mother about to be considered like we laid it out previously, then the view of those mutaakhirin doesn't really hold water against his view. Uh, but there are some fuqaha who have said so. And then they will quote certain things. They will quote the incident of Yam Subki, rahmatullahi alayhi, when Ibn Sasri's qasida was recited in front of him. قَلِيلٌ لِحَظِّ الْمُصْطَفَ الْخَطُّ بِالذَّهَبِ وَأَيَّنْهَضَ قليل لحظ المصطفى الخط بالذهب على ورق من خط أحسن من كتب و 
and Sukhi stood up, and everyone else stood up. Everyone felt very good. So they say, well, Sukhi stood up, so we can also stand up. Um, that was Waqiat Hal, one particular incident. And uh, we don't say Sukhi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we say Sukhi rahimahullah, he's not a Nabi. And he did it under the emphasis of the moment. There are times, and you know, when one listens very carefully to the Mawlid of Barzanji being recited, and you know, you know the language and you're following the recitation. Uh, when that moment of the mole is actually mentioned, you can feel a very strong urge to do something. You want to do something. Now, whether you're going to eat a cartwheel or you're going to laugh or cry, but some people express it in the sense of standing up. Um, now, if they do it under that particular uh, force of sentiment at that moment, that would be similar to Sukhi. But if they're standing up simply because this is the ritual, when once the bid'ah hasana becomes ritualized, then it starts assuming. Uh, dimensions that are somewhat uh, uh, questionable now. After ritualization, when the bid'ah hasana not ritualized only, but elevated to the level of the wajib, in the sense that, oh, you don't stand up, therefore you hate Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or you don't make the maulid, and therefore you, uh, you know, disrespectful Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's not a wajib. It's a bid'ah. It's tolerable in that sense. But uh, when the bid'ah hasana reaches those proportions, then the very first person to condemn it would be the very same fuqaha who have approved of it. So they will approve of it within certain limits. And they will disapprove of it when it, uh, when it uh, crosses those lines. They would have disapproved of it. In their time it didn't quite reach those, uh, those, limit, uh, those limits. It was only afterwards. And there Ibn Hajar could speak about it. He had seen one thing which he condemned. But as for the Mawlid in general, he says it's fine. He's got this book called An-Ni'matul Kubra Al-Alam Bi-Mawlidi Sayyidi Waladi Adam. And in there he discusses what the people of Makkah, where he used to live, what they do on the night of Mawlid. And they all go to the place of, where Rasulullah was born. But then he condemns some of the things they do. Men and women and everyone else. He said that is wrong. So those aspects of the Mawlid which are condemnable will be condemned. The Mawlid itself in essence was not condemned. But fi'luhu wa tarkuhu sawa. Those who do it are good. Those who do not do it uh, uh, there's no bl- blame against them either. I just think that Mawlid in our society sometimes have been taken completely out of context. It has been made uh, a masala of tafsiq and tabdeer and all of these kind of things which shouldn't necessarily be. Those of us who are in control, those of us who have the manabid and the maharib should make islah of these rasoom. Reform these rasoom to bring it in line with what the sharia would demand. And But this kind of islah will not come about by condemnation. Condemnation only breeds opposition. When you condemn, you don't uh, 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 reform, you just make the opposition more determined to continue with it exactly as is. So if it could be brought in line, uh, if, the, if there is something wrong with it, condemn what is wrong, leave the rest. Uh, and that's where I, I uh, you know, speaking in light of what the Madhab says, that's where I would leave it.